Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. Today's episode is brought to you by Wise, the account that helps you manage your money around the world, which is huge for travelers. I've been a customer and a fan for 10 years. The Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, and they do it all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This service has been so critical for me in my life as a traveler, as a nomad, as somebody living abroad, and you can join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account can help you out on the road at wise.com slash travel. That's wise, W-I-S-E dot com slash travel, or download the app. This episode of Zero to Travel is brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Yeah, yeah. You were afraid of your kiss doll, so you shouldn't talk. (laughs) 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 Your parents Uh, had to return it because Jason was like too afraid of him. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for hanging out, spending a little time here with me today, allowing me the privilege bring a little travel into your ears. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. Got a very special and lovely guest sitting across from me as we enter another coffee chat zone today with you. Joined by my wife, Anadorta. Hello. Hi. Skull. Skull. Uh, skull, yeah, it's the traditional cheers for Scandinavia. What does skull translate to, actually? Just cheers. Cheers. Right? I mean, it's just cheers. Yeah, because in, know Spa- that. in Spain, it's salut, and that's kind of like to your health, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit different. But yes, we are here today to bring you seven tips for toddler travel. Now, if you don't have kids, don't go running off quite yet, because obviously these tips are going to apply to toddlers. But at the end... To we're the gonna, maybe gonna, the parents of the toddlers or the one that is traveling with toddlers. <laughs> yeah, I don't I think guess, many toddlers are listening. That's true. We haven't sent the, our toddler on a plane yet. We'll share a little bit of our perspective at the end. The, uh, if you don't have kids, obviously we haven't. We weren't born with kids, right? <laughs> we were born as kids, not with kids. We have some things on that, and also these seven tips, six and seven, might shock you. Actually, probably will shock you. So. Uh, stick around. We'd love to to have all of you here. And of course, you know, some people that might have kids one day will get value out of this. So I'm excited to get into this, Anadorta. Before we do, um, I want to quickly thank for supporting today's show, Aeropress, the coffee maker that I'm obsessed with that I use multiple times a day. If you go to aeropressinc.com, A-E-R-O pressinc.com, you can see this thing, see what it looks like. It's hard to describe, but it's basically this light plastic, uh, but heavy plastic, heavy duty coffee maker that has no plugs. It's just a press. You put the coffee in, you put the water in, and you press the coffee out through a filter, 
and it makes the most delicious cup of coffee you'll ever have. And that's what we're both drinking right now. And the reason why I was so excited to have them supporting the show is because I've been using this product for years. We've been, yeah, we hear you drinking and the Dorta. We've been recommending this product for other people who, who we know who love coffee. We've actually bought this as a present for multiple people over the holidays and stuff like that. So, and not to mention when it comes to travel, if you're car camping or taking road trips or anything like that, even backpacking, this thing's awesome to travel with. It's super easy and super easy to clean, which I love because after I make coffee, I don't want to spend you know, half the time it takes to drink the coffee cleaning it. You can clean it in about five to 10 seconds. This is an amazing thing. I wish I invented it, but I didn't. So now I get to have it and enjoy it anyway. AeropressInc.com or you can Google it and see how people use it. But you know, no longer do you have to go out for the best cup of coffee you've ever had. You can have that at home or out on the road with you. I love this thing. So huge fans, right? Yeah, it yeah. makes really, really good coffee. Oh, so good. Thanks to them for supporting today's show. And, you know, when you have a toddler on a door to you, you need to drink a lot of coffee, right? You need a lot of coffee. <laughs> Every hour of the day, you need a coffee. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And especially on long trips, because you don't want to fall asleep when you're watching your toddler in an airport and you're waiting for your flight. That would be a very bad thing. I was actually a little bit worried about that. When I traveled to Mallorca, Spain with our little girl, who's a little over two years old now, and I was like, of course, I'm not going to fall asleep, but we were taking a knife. I'm pretty tired. I'm like, oh, gosh, that would be a very bad scenario if we, we both fell asleep or something on, on the seats because our flight was delayed. But then like, I didn't wake up and she did. And who knows? That, that that wouldn't happen, right? It's a scenario you only make up in your head, I think. It's yeah. very rare <laughs> if, um, in, unless you have like some kind of sleeping disease. <laughs> this is what... <laughs> you're just falling asleep on your feet. This is what parents do, by the way. You make up these crazy scenarios that will probably never happen or hopefully never happen. But coffee um, is still necessary. Mm-hmm. It, it is. And I want to get into these tips because... Well, we have had some good experience now traveling with our little one. We'll just run through some of the trips we've taken so you can get an idea of the experience we've had. And I've also done a lot of research around, you know, some of the things that have to do with like flights and bring toddlers on and, and have some stories to share with you there. So we have took a trip back to America from Norway when Ellie was four months old. That was our first big, long trip. We've also taken her on a domestic flight in Norway where we live to Stavanger. We've taken a train to Stockholm from here. It's about a couple times. No, but we when she was three months. When she was three months old, yeah. We took her to Stockholm. It's about a six, seven hour. It was actually, actually got a little delayed. I think that might have been an eight hour train ride. Um, we've taken her multiple times up to where your parents live, which is, it's a trip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes about like five hours to get there. And we take buses and trains and all that good stuff. And I just came back a little while ago from Mallorca, Spain, where I went by myself with Ellie. And she was a little over two years old. And that was a whole day of travel, basically. I mean, we didn't get into the to where we were staying till by the time we got to our room was 3.30 in the morning. She was a champ. I was like, this is crazy. I think I was more... And that's important to think about. Like, kids are very adjustable. They yeah, adjust very good. True. Or Even though you think that this will be hard normally, like, kids are very adaptable and adjustable to 
what you're doing. They just come along for the ride. Yeah. It is a a great point because you can forget that, especially when you have kids. We're not so routine oriented that we're not going to do things with our kids. And, and that's one thing that I think is important is you, you want to you know, have flexibility to go do things and live your lives. But on the same level, some of the routines are more for you than for the kids, right? Like, like you said, they're flexible. So Ellie was there. I mean, she's going to survive the flight. And, you know, if we don't get there until 3.30 in the morning, she was a champ. She just rolled with it. I was really proud of her. But a lot of times you want to keep the routines for your own sanity so you can get sleep and, and things like that. But that's a great point, I think, to bring up because that might be one of the fears that stops people is like, oh, we're going to break the routine or you know, it's going to be terrible for them, but they just roll with it. Yeah. And they get easily back to their routines again. Maybe like one travel day will like make it a little hard to sleep for the next day, but then they are pretty good at going back to what they're used to. Ellie did a great job time zone wise and jet lag wise when we went to Colorado from Norway, which is a huge time difference. It's eight hours and we were able to get her on schedule, but she was younger then. So that might be like another hidden tip within that we didn't even write down is it depends on the kid, of course, but in many ways, the younger they are, the easier it is to travel with them in, in some yeah, regards, to, so In some ways, but yeah. then in other ways, not. It depends a little bit. So one of the things that surprised me when we did that trip that I totally forgot because I never had kids before until I had one was that families get priority boarding. I was like, yes, we get to get on the plane first. This is awesome. One of the perks. (laughs) One of the perks. And that's going to lead to our first tip, which is I'm packing a bunch of tips or just, I guess, general rules into this first section, all about airline travel, because this is a big question that people have. You know, do I have to pay for a ticket for my kid? And how old do they have to be until they can fly and all that type of stuff. So I did a, a bit of research on this you know, before our trips and just recently to make sure I had all my ducks in a row. And if you don't mind, Anna Dorta, I'm just going to run through a couple of these things. First of all, a lot of these rules are airline specific. So for a kid to travel, they usually have to be between seven and 14 days old. They won't usually let them travel unless they're at least seven to 14 days old, depending on the flight. And, you know, people ask, okay, if they're under two years old, can they fly for free? Because if they're under two, then you have the option to put them on your lap. You don't have to buy them a seat. And of course, we're going to try to save the money. We're not going to buy them a seat when they're under two. We're going to put them on our laps because we want to save the money. So a lot of this depends on the airline and as a general rule, most airlines, when they're under two, they will let them fly for free on your laps on domestic flights. And international flights, you may have to pay 10% of the adult fare. And that's as a general rule, but for each airline, it is different. So uh, for example, Iceland Air, I see it is 10% of the adult fare. On Norwegian, it's 10% for international flights, free on domestic. So it's just going to go depending on the airline. And that's important to look into because our friend that recently went on an international flight and used points to get a free flight, couldn't use points for the kid, waited to book the ticket for the kids. You still have to have a ticket for them. And yes, their flights were free, but they were valued at something like 
some ridiculous amount, $3,500, something, something that you would never pay for a flight, which usually if you're using points, you don't think about that because you're just getting the free ticket. You're not thinking of the value of the ticket, but then they had to pay 10% of the value of that ticket. So they ended up having to pay like 360 or 380 bucks to have their toddler on their lap. That sucks. So if you're using points as something to be aware of is that you might have to pay a percentage of what the value of the ticket is. And in that case, you're going to want to make sure you're smart about that. So all things to think about. Uh, Usually the car seat does not count as a carry-on. So that's something to think about as well. And often kids can bring their own little carry-on. So you don't need to try to... That's almost a bonus carry-on. You can pack a little bag for them with all their stuff diapers, toys, wet wipes, whatever. And that can be their carry on. And then you can still have yours. So they are actually a passenger. Yes, they are actually a passenger, (laughs) even though they they don't have a seat. So that's all stuff to to consider. And that's when the uh, a lot of that stuff is when your kids under two, and they're, they're considered a lap, they're they're gonna be on your lap, they're not gonna have their own seat. Now, if you want to buy them their own seat, then that's a whole other list of questions. And then it will depend on the airline and how much they charge. Some charge anywhere from 50% to 100% for a seat for a young child under two. So, And then once they're over two, generally speaking, they just have to get their own seat and there's different rules with car seats and stuff like that. So I'm just trying to give you generalities. You're gonna ha- uh, The point is you're going to have to do research on each individual airline and see what their policies are. But these are all things to be aware of. So I think that covers everything with airlines that I wanted to share. Anna Dorta, can you think of anything else? Uh, Yeah, the fact that if you are traveling with a a very small infant, then a bassinet is a possibility that you can um, get through the airline. We did it by calling, calling the airline directly and ask for it. And we did it in advance. So it's limited. I think they have the possibility to give it to two or three kids because they have to hook it up on the wall. So you have to have a certain uh, seat. Mm-hmm. But that was really great. And we didn't pay any extra for it. It was free. Yeah. And uh, it gave us the opportunity for our baby girl to lay down and uh, we actually sleep. Had, it gave <laughs> us the opportunity. Yeah. To or else we, have a meal, yes, and read a magazine, yes, and relax, like the old days. <laughs> and that was from Oslo to New York, where we had that, and and it was really nice. Instead of have to have her on our laps all the time, it's a major tip for if you're traveling by yourself, then you just need it, and it's something you should think about if you're traveling with an infant. It was so great. I also heard stories that some airlines will try to charge you for that because that's a special you have to sit in one of the seats with more leg room to have room for the bassinet and then they wanted to charge an upgrade for that so we were it's worth calling and trying to request that and they i can't remember but they usually only give it up to a certain age because they only take so much weight it's a certain weight yeah yeah so again yeah that's that's great thanks for bringing that up and that covers Everything with the airline. So that's falling under tip number one. Just know that, you know, you have to get a ticket for your kid. And obviously, when you book your ticket, you're, you're also planning for your child. So these are things to be aware of. Yeah. And another thing with if you're going on a plane with the kid, you are allowed to bring 
food for your baby. This is tip number two. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Go okay. right into it, please. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Please. But you are like the liquid limits uh, with flying is not the same when you're having a kid. You can bring baby food or drinks, milk, everything that you need for your baby. The only thing that can happen is that they might say that you have to open it and taste it just for safety. But you are allowed to bring more liquids when you're traveling with kids. That it's like baby foods and baby drinks. And, yeah, I don't yeah. know if I forgot that or or what, but when I traveled with Ellie recently to Spain, I found that out again. I said, oh, this is great because I brought some extra food and different things that I didn't think I could carry on with me. And we ended up really needing that stuff because the airline food, oh, we, we ordered this, what was the worst? Ellie wanted pizza because she loves pizza and I ordered one of these pizzas that they have on the airline. It was It was the worst pizza uh, Ellie wouldn't even eat it, and <laughs> I wouldn't eat it. I don't blame her. I, it was the worst pizza I've ever tasted in my life. It was so bad. So I was glad I had that stuff, and that's a great point, and that's our tip number two is the TSA liquid rules don't apply to kids. You can bring their food in them and their stuff in for them, which is great. Tip number three, we got a little debate here between us, and, and this is what's fun too because with some of these tips, there's no right or wrong answer. It's going to be dependent on your situation, but we're going to give you some perspectives from our experience. Traveling with a stroller, and this tip can change depending on your perspective. What is your version of this tip? Well, we when we went to America with Ellie when she was four months, mm-hmm. we chose to not bring the stroller. Which I thought was great. Yeah, like not bringing it. But we also, and we were thinking about buying one, but we never did. We bought a car seat and we had, uh, what do you call it? Like um Strap? Yes. Oh, oh um, it's a baby Bjorn. It's yeah. something that you can put the kid in and, and it's like you're wearing them on your body. Yeah. On the front. We never bought um, a stroller, which in hindsight, I would have done now. I think I would have done it now. Mm-hmm. It was very warm when we were there. So that's like a... That was a big reason. Yeah, that we didn't We couldn't really it. stroll her around in that stroller. We were carrying her a lot around hot. in a car seat and in this strap we had. Yeah. We were out gone for over a month. And if I'm doing that again, I would have at least bought a stroller so she could lay more down. Like mm. lay because when you're that young, you are supposed to lay more straight down, and I didn't feel like she maybe got that enough. Well, she's Even got though, wonderful posture. I know, right I know, but <laughs> um, it's just what I think in in hindsight. And you don't have to bring your own stroller necessarily, but mm. you can buy one. Yeah, a cheaper one, and that's a part of it. I wanted to bring this up because. It's easy to go into automatic mode with this. Oh, we have to bring the stroller. And I like to travel more minimally. And even though some of those days are behind me a little bit with kids because you have to bring extra stuff, you just have to, you can still pack minimally. And one of the things that I liked about not having a stroller was not having to lug it around, carry it, check it, see if, you know, we didn't have to worry about if it was going to break. We were taking multiple flights, not only from... Oslo to New York, but then we were going out to Colorado. So we did domestic flights and things. And it was just going to be another thing. I, I mean, I don't know how we would have. No, and I agree it. on that because so, it would be an extra big thing yeah. to carry around. So obviously. going back to what you said with kids being flexible and adjustable, 
they deal with what they have. And since we had the thing that we could carry her in, it was a lot lighter and more packable. And certainly you can get lighter, smaller strollers, but when they're younger, like four months old, it's hard to find. It's hard to use those sort of yeah, it's easy to find travel those strollers. You have to have something, sit, but yeah, you have to have something where they can lay down, and uh, that's a little different type of stroller. So uh, i I would just say for this tip, think about how long you're traveling for, and think about if you really need a stroller or if you can get by without one for that period of time. And we felt for a month, uh, we don't need it that bad because she she can take her naps inside. We're not going to be strolling out in the extreme heat that much anyway because she's so little so how much are we going to really use a stroller and just kind of just deciding and kind of visualizing how much are we really going to use it can we can we just survive without it of course you can and and we um, did yeah and, we and did. then you just decide if it's worth bringing or yeah. not or and, and i g- agree if you're moving a lot which we actually did in that month in america we were in different places both in colorado but also in on the east coast and then it's more of a hassle to bring it. But if you're going to stay, you know that you're going to stay more in one place, then I I think I might would have recommended like buying one or bringing one. And this leads to tip number four, which you mentioned, buying it there. And this is a, t- a general travel tip. And one thing we did, we, we visited a consignment store, one of those stores where people drop off quality stuff and then they resell it. And thrift shops too. So this can go especially for toys and games and things like that that are probably going to get trashed anyway. But this is any any traveler for anything, including kids. You can buy it there. And we did that with the car seat because car seats are expensive here. But not only that, the European standard car seats aren't the same as the American ones. There can be some differences with different countries with the car seats and everything. So depending on how long you're traveling, you might have to buy a car seat where you're going and it was just going to be a lot cheaper as well to just buy it in america instead of buying it here and bringing it over and also we didn't have to travel with it and also we were able to leave it there at my mom's house bless her soul let us stash some of her stuff there so then we have it there when we come back again which is sweet so that's going to be a different setup with everybody but just something to keep in mind buying it there making sure that you have that as an idea that you might not need to travel with everything. Maybe you should consider buying some stuff there. And that leads to tip number five. You know, what What shouldn't you buy? What should you bring extra of, Ana Dorta, in your opinion? The experience for some countries, I think. It's the quality of what they have and the prices that you maybe should do a little research on that and the accessibility to get the things. Going to America, you will always basically get whatever you need. But what I found was uh, tricky in America was that uh, it was hard, a little hard, even in America with all the the different mm-hmm. things you have. The millions in the of choices and products. Um, it was the diapers because I don't like diapers with perfume and that was most of the diapers in America are filled with perfume and I don't like that. Kids don't need diapers with perfume and also the price of it. It's probably if you're going to Norway and you're kids, you don't have to bring diapers to Norway because Norway is one of the cheapest countries for diapers probably in the probably world. Probably the only thing. 
Yeah, it's probably the only thing, but it's really cheap in in Norway. Um, Not really cheap, but it's it's rated as one of the cheapest places yeah. to get diapers. All relative to the Norwegian um, perspective, and we don't use perfume in any of the diapers. So that's one thing I kind of regretted a little bit that we didn't because we had enough room to actually bring more diapers. So that's something to think about. Also, also bring the, bring enough that. So you don't have to buy them for a while because yeah. sometimes you're so tired, you don't want to run out and have to find them right no, away. No, and you never know. Like maybe when you come to a different country, the, the a baby can react on it just as we do with a different stomach. <laughs> like it can be more that you need more diapers than then you don't want to run out of it like the first day you're there. Yeah. So diapers have enough of them. And wet wipes. Wet wipes too. Go wet wipe crazy. If you have a brand or one that works on your kid, bring enough of that too, even though you can get it, but kids are very sensitive in their skin, so might react and you don't want to get like a reaction when you're somewhere else. Some things you could like just stick to what is good for for your baby, mm-hmm. but still be, of course, flexible. Yeah. I would also add to that if there's a certain food that you know your kid loves and you know, especially during the travel time, you might not be able to find something that they like to bring extra food that you know they like if they're adjusting to the whole trip and everything. At least you know you have a steady thing that they like, that they enjoy. In the beginning, you yeah. should do that. All that being said, you know, most things you can get everything everywhere. So it's not something to stress too much. What should I bring extra of? What should I bring extra of? You're going to be able to find stuff. But yeah, like the core things, I don't think, like you said, the diapers, the wipes, the food, certain foods... You can. It doesn't hurt to bring some extra. But you can always buy clothes if you need them. If you run out of, but have enough on the travel part. So you like in case they poop their pants. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Or they spill or whatever. Yeah. Then it's and also when they're very little, they don't need a lot of toys. Maybe they only need their stuffed animal or something to chew on or something that it's it's not much. Did you have a stuffed animal you traveled with? Yes, of course. Was it I Was did. it the one I'm thinking about? <laughs> Probably. What's his name? <laughs> What's his name? You're making me embarrassed. Good. I had my little Uleman. Uleman. Yes. That's he right. was my travel buddy. Uleman was your travel buddy. Yes. Describe Uleman to everybody quickly before we move on. <laughs> I love that the more I talk about this, the redder her face is getting. <laughs> Come on, he, tell us about Uleman. Why was, was he special to you? Red and white stripy little man with a little bell in his in his um uh, Is he a hat. little troll man? Or not a troll man, but no. a he sort was of a... my <laughs> <laughs> He was your and special friend. And that's what I'm uh, like. Uh, the next thing I would like to say before <laughs> you're making to get me, off this topic. yeah, yeah, you were afraid of your kiss doll, so you shouldn't talk. <laughs> 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 your parents uh, had to return it because Jason was like too afraid of him. <laughs> um, they had scary makeup. When on you have kids. all like a little older kids, like we see with Ellie now, then she's two. She's more attached to her doll or some of her stuffed animals and then it's a good thing to bring one of them so she has something familiar but don't think that you need to bring too much of toys and because kids they 
are so curious and they get into other things, but have something that is like they can hold on to on the travel part, the sleeping part when it's everything else is new. They have something familiar. Yeah. And they're we're probably going to get them a few things anyway, yes. because that's fun. So. Don't bring a lot of volume like. Bring one or two things, maybe yeah. a book they can read. Yeah, like when I went to Mallorca, I actually just brought or a puzzle. A, f- a few of yeah, I brought a puzzle and a couple of her books and everything that fit in one small little sack, and that was it. So that was her little stuff sack of toys. All right, number six and seven, as I mentioned in the beginning, tips that may shock you, shock you coming from this podcast potentially, especially number six here. Did something with Ellie in Mallorca that I hadn't done. I'd done only, I think, one time in my life when I was 18 years old on spring break because that was the package that we were sold. And that was, you know what we did? Drum roll, please. We stayed at an all-inclusive family resort, which is pretty much the opposite of the way I travel normally. I would say it is. But I got to tell you what. I I ran this idea by a couple other people that I know that have traveled a bunch. And uh, one guy in particular, my my buddy, Tim Leffel, who has been on this podcast before, and he travels all over the world and writes all these amazing cheap destination guides and everything. He's an award-winning travel writer. And he made me feel better because I told him I was doing this. He was like, oh, yeah, when kids are around that age, that's great. And he brought up a great point. And this is why I wanted to bring this up. And this is what made me feel better immediately. He said, if you... Take a like a, a kid that's so young, like Allie was two, a little over two years old when we went to Spain. You know, they're so picky with the food and everything. If you have to eat every meal out, it, he's like, it sucks if you order something and they don't like it. What are you going to do? You're spending money on it and also they still need to eat. So then how many things are you going to order until they eat? And are you going to keep, you know, you could go to the store and obviously buy them stuff and that's one way around it. But you also want to be on vacation and relax a little bit. And the cool thing was going into this room and they always had pizza, which she loved. They always had different things. I could always find something that she liked and I didn't have to stress about finding food for the girl because when you're a parent, all you want your kid to do is eat. That's like, you just want them to eat. And not only that, this is a good option, obviously, if you're traveling for a short period. I mean, I I would not want to go and stay in an all-inclusive resort for weeks on end. I would go insane. But for one week... To not have to do dishes, to have all these food options, and because it was more of a family-themed one, they had different characters coming out and dance parties and different things that she really enjoyed, and just to see her smiling and enjoying it, and all the sandboxes and the places to play and everything like that, it was perfect. It was child-friendly really pool. Yeah, it was. It was. I couldn't ask for more. And yes, what I've liked to explored Mallorca and maybe rode a bike around the island. I saw uh, it looked like an amazing place to go biking and I could have just spent, you know, a week or two bike touring around there and camping out and all this stuff. But we did take a drive and we did see some things. But when it comes to that type of travel, you're not totally limited. But for the time we had and what we were doing and we were also working as well, it just made sense. And it's something to consider, I would say, even if you're anti all, I'm not anti all inclusive. It's not my preferred way of travel, but I also think it's a nice, fun, relaxing thing too. And if I was going to do it again, like we even talked about doing it, we'd probably do more of an adventurous trip and then finish it off with something like that and spoil yourself a little bit and just relax. And that's cool too. And it was a totally different experience that I had ever had before, which I'm always embracing new travel experiences. So 
consider all-inclusives with kids. I think it can be a great option for the right amount of time, and you can still find affordable ones, too. I don't think they're all super expensive or anything. Just make sure that you see the reviews so they have good enough food. Yeah. And is it child-friendly for that age you have children in? Yeah. I would add to it, uh, one thing we liked about the one that we stayed at is it had a little kitchen and refrigerator and everything, and that's a really nice option to have because you can have your own stuff as well. Some milk and... Yeah. And I would look for, again, if I was going to do that again, I would look for that type of setup, like more of an apartment type setup as opposed to just a standard hotel room because it's just a little nicer. And it's also nice to have a separate bedroom where I could put Ellie to sleep and then I could come out and still hang out and relax and not have to be in the same room. So that's important too. Okay, final tip. Another one that may surprise you that is debatable, that some people will not agree with. I'm not saying I did this 100%, but I did this for the most part. Well, I I actually do this because we don't own an iPad, but one of the biggest tips people give is to bring the iPad. That's when people say, oh, the iPad, the iPhone, the iPad. I guess the iPad is the big one. Oh, you know, what's the key to traveling with kids? The iPad. And I don't agree you know, I, I, it's no offense to people that take the iPad out and show the movies and I get it because their kid can just zone out and they can get through the flight and they can relax and enjoy it and everything like that. To me, it's just not something I'm doing at this age. I'm not saying that when our kids are older and they have all the movies they can watch and, you know, it's a longer flight and they're mature enough to, like, sit up and watch the movies and all that. It's fine. But at this age, being, you know, two years old, I just think I don't want to put Ellie in front of a screen. And even at the the older ages, I don't know, I'm going to have to see because I'm not there yet. But to me, you know, travel is an opportunity to learn. And one of the ways you learn how to deal with your feelings is by sitting with your feelings. So yes, Ellie cried a lot on the plane. Yes, she was uncomfortable. Yes, she got annoyed. I took out my iPhone and did show her some pictures of you because you weren't with us and family and stuff like that, but I wouldn't carry it on for too long. That was the only thing that I did that was screen related. Other than that, I just wanted her to kind of learn to deal with the situation. And it's, it is annoying, but I, I know you might be thinking, hey, well, this is easier for the other passengers if you can get them to to zone out. But you know what? It's more important that I have my kid developing in the way that I think is right. So it's a um, short sorry person sitting next to me, but I want my daughter to to have a chance to not only get to sit with her feelings and learn how to work through things, even if they're uncomfortable, but also it's a chance to like teach. And, and you know, if she was just in front of the iPad, I wouldn't have been like telling her how a plane works and showing her the wing and, Uh, showing her, you know, oh, this kid's walking around. Look at that person over there. And like all the things that you point out and talk and you have that time. You point out other persons? (laughs) Yeah, you know, like, well, like somebody was carrying a kid. And I was like, oh, look at that kid over there. Like, you know, because she likes to see other kids. So um, stuff like that. It's just an opportunity to spend time and to talk with them and and, and I think the iPad, I, I totally agree with you. And I think it's a short time solution. Yes, you maybe they fix it right there. But if you do that all the time, I think you have a bigger problem in the long term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said that much better than I did in a very short period of time. Would you mind taking over this podcast, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's not to judge anybody else because yeah. 
I get I it can, too. I can understand it. Yeah. For example, as a as a single parent, or if you're traveling by yourself, it would be easier, I'm sure, if they were occupied with uh, some kind of entertainment. But we have chosen to not give our daughter right now because she's only two years old. When she's four, it's we don't know. And it's also, I would say, we don't know what we will do because it's not really right or wrong. The kids have young eyes. They need to see the world before they only see the screen, basically. That was well, so well said, uh, Dorte. And um, it's just something we wanted to add on this list to just share our opinion, our two cents. Again, not judging anybody that does this, not saying we're never going to give our kids entertainment like this on any flights ever. But we just believe at this age, it's, you know, it's very minimal. The only the only screen Allie really sees is we show her pictures of family on her iPhone or little videos of her that that we've made. And even then, it's a very short period of time. Like you said, it's just just one of our beliefs and I thought it was good to put on the tips list because I think I I always want to give those tips that are anti-tips to what everybody else is saying right that that a lot of people will if you talk to most parents will be like oh the iPads like I don't know how many times I've heard that oh yeah travel it's all about the iPad it's all about the iPad I've heard it from multiple people and to me it's not all about the iPad it's about the time together and the opportunities to to share time and, and to learn so there are thoughts there the question is WWOD what would Ulaman do? That is the question. Okay. I didn't need an iPad. I just needed him. So I have, there are seven tips. And before we let you go, a couple of things. Well, first of all, I want to give a shout out to one of you wonderful folks out there in the Zero to Travel caravan. We recorded this episode because I got multiple emails asking for this episode. So your wish is my command, caravan. If you have any other episodes, or topics or themes or guests you want me to bring on. This is your show. This is a community-powered show. Get in touch, Jason, at zerototravel.com. I read all the emails and let me know, and I'll do my best to cover topics and bring on guests that you request. I love to hear from from you. So, and Or just check in and let me know what you're up to, how you're doing. This is a two-way conversation. Um, also want to thank Aeropress, again, for supporting today's show and giving us some delicious coffee to sip while we were recording. And Adorta, if you go to Aeropress, Inc., dot com a e r o press inc i n c dot com you can check this thing out you got to check this thing out this is the best coffee maker i and i hesitate to call it a coffee maker because you think it's something you plug in and all that stuff it's literally just you you put the coffee beans in grind it up you pour the hot water in you stir it up you press it through a little thing into right into your cup and then you have a absolutely delicious cof- cup of coffee. I no longer have to go out to a coffee shop to get a really good cup of coffee. I can have one at home anytime I want. And I use this thing multiple times a day for years. You can tell I've already used it three times today. You can probably tell by how quickly I'm talking. And I love this thing. So check it out. It's also super affordable. I think it's around 35 bucks right now. AeropressInc.com. Thanks to them for supporting today's show. Get it for your next road trip, camping, travels, and you can also use it at home, of course. Thank you once again to them. Last thing before the shout out, we were going to say for those of you that don't have kids, listen up. I am so sorry, but give us a break. Okay. (laughs) I've been there. I've been there. I've been the guy that gets on the flight and you sit next to the baby and you're thinking in your head, oh man, of all the seats that I have to sit next to the baby, you know, (laughs) but I had two experiences I wanted to share. AD on the way to Mallorca and the way back. 
They were like basically the polar opposites. On the way there, we had one of the nicest ladies I've ever met on a plane. It was the three seats. Allie, I put Allie in the middle, but I could move her around if I wanted to, you know, if, if she was too much. This woman was playing with her. She was talking to her. She was just so accommodating and kind and understanding about the fact that I was traveling with a young kid and that that's not easy. And she was engaging with her and taking the opportunity to enjoy this little human being next to her that is not like an interaction she has every day anymore. So she, to me, it seemed like she saw that as an opportunity to kind of have fun again with, with a kid in, in a way that she hadn't for a long time and she had had her own kids that were grown. And maybe that's the difference. On the way back, we sat next to a guy that I don't think he looked at us once. He might have given a little stink eye to Ellie at one point, but I don't even think so. I, he, he almost, it was almost as if we didn't exist. We were invisible people. He probably didn't want you to exist. No, didn't want us to exist, I'm pretty sure. And wasn't mean, wasn't nice, just, again, didn't acknowledge us whatsoever, which I thought was weird because how do you not acknowledge a kid a little bit? I mean, there's a kid right next to you. She's they're, the cutest. She's so cute, and they're cute. And yes, if they're crying all the time and stuff like that, that's not much fun, but they're still innocent little human beings. At least look once at the kid and smile. Anyway, it was just the polar opposite thing. So all I'm saying is, I understand you sit next to us or a, some version of us. It's not fun, right? You, you can't, you know, how are you going to relax? You get the kids going to cry and everything, but we're doing what we can. And we're kids are kids. So kids. I mean, you can't, we've all been kids and we've all acted up. At least I would say when they're so small that they don't understand everything and they don't feel comfortable. Another thing is when you are dealing with a little older kids, which like parents can actually talk to mm -hmm. a little bit more, mm -hmm. then that's a difference too. Mm -hmm. Because we have also experienced that and we have been those that have been annoyed with kids. Sure. So we can like totally admit that. Uh, I just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's important to think that kids are kids and they... You have to recalibrate your thinking a little bit and, and try not to... You know, you never know when you're getting people and like we can all get cranky when we're traveling for a long time and it's just that kids let it out. They don't have the filter that we do to hold that in and we still want Ellie to see her grandparents. We still want her to have relationships. We still want to maintain our relationships with our friends and in order to do that... We want to see them in person and we have kids, so we're we going to have travel. to bring them. We have to travel and I'm sorry, they don't have flights with just all kids on it. It's just, it is what it is. So if you've ever been annoyed, just think about this podcast next time and just imagine, you know, everybody's doing the best they can. And, and think it, think about it's it. It's okay it's, to be annoyed. It's human nature. We have all been annoyed and, and in the future, Anadorta, we will be annoyed sitting next to other kids, I'm sure too, but it's just a little PSA, uh, public service announcement to you know take it easy yeah and <laughs> think on about the, it the, the parents. parents yeah i think it's not your responsibility but it's the parents yeah and you know if you're ever in doubt just ask ulaman what would he do <laughs> he's a very wise man he's a very wise man he's still and is still very protective of him when we go up to visit her parents i still yes, I can't i, I cannot still have touch him. the ulaman i can't talk <laughs> badly know, to the ulaman not true <laughs> all right one more thing the guy that was afraid of his kiss doll by the way again. <laughs> thank you Anadorta, for recording this episode with me i want to give a shout out to amber 
who wrote me an email. She said, hi, Jason. I cannot believe I finally, capital letters, have the opportunity to write you. My husband and I are 26 and moved into an RV full time about two months ago. We're from Atlanta, Georgia and plan to live in our fifth wheel for the foreseeable future to decrease our expenses and start saving money so we can be free to travel whenever we please. We are working on building up freelance work and are currently camp hosting in Brevard, North Carolina for the next three months and love it so far. I just have to say thank you so much. I remember searching for travel podcasts while sitting in my cubicle and yours popped up. I started listening nonstop and it is all my husband and I could talk about. It is so true when you say it is a lifestyle. We knew we could never be happy until we at least gave it a shot to be nomadic. You have truly made an impact in both of our lives because without your show, we would never have had the courage to take the leap. Thank you again and look forward to keeping in touch. I am getting chills up my spine as I read this. Isn't that so sweet? Yes. Um, So happy for Amber, you and your husband. These emails are the things that keep me going with this show. It's been almost five years now and it's not easy to produce shows week in and week out for years and do my best to make high quality shows for you and to just share as much as possible and, and to help people. And, you know, when I get these emails, this is this is the thing. This is the thing that keeps me going. It gets me excited. It makes me, keeps me going. Uh, that's all I can say. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. It's, it's I know fuel. that it's, it's this what keeps you going. It is. So. It's, it's incredible to hear. And I'm so grateful that the show has had an impact on you, Amber, and, and anybody else out there who it's helped. Thanks. It's always nice to hear too. So you can let me know. You can leave a review. I read all those things. But I, I really appreciate the feedback. And you know, I love what she said about that, you know, sh- she knew that her and her husband could never be happy unless they gave gave it a shot to be nomadic. And that's an important thing to remember too because, you know, you don't know if you're going to be happy living that lifestyle until you, until you live it. But if you don't give it a try, then that's that's worse, right? Because then you, you never know. And that's motivation enough, I think, to get over the fear of, oh, well, what if I leave my job? Am I going to be able to get back to my career? You know, am I going to be able to find an apartment I like like this much again? All this stuff. If you have this burning desire to be nomadic for a period of time, I think, like Amber said, you know, you just have to give it a shot because you you just don't, won't know. And at least then you know. At least if you if you decide it's not for you, and you can go back and you know live a more traditional life, or if you could do it for a few years and it's not for you anymore, and that's cool too. At least. You did it. You had the experience, and you know what that experience is. And that's you tried. An, you tried. You did it. Yeah. And because you go for it, that also sets you up for this idea that I am somebody who goes for the things that I want. And that's a whole other habit. That's a whole other way of living that you can embrace when you when you have a dream. You go for it, and then you actually do it, and you realize, okay, I'm somebody that can chase dreams and then catch them and live them and experience them. That's so empowering. So kudos again to you guys. Uh, Congratulations once again. And thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this show. We'll let you go now. Anadorta, any final words of wisdom from you or Ulaman? (laughs) (laughs) No, just to wrap up the traveling with a toddler, think that they are flexible and they are probably easier than you think i don't even give ellie enough credit that i should have on that trip i thought she would be a hot mess coming in on the late night flight and all that stuff and it turns out she was phenomenal so 
don't underestimate them. No. That's for sure. Yeah. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. See you. Cheers. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality. 